0: With the second pick, the Denver Broncos select Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP Von Miller. Von Miller. Von Miller. Von
1: Miller. Welcome to the Voncast and the Bleacher Report app. Um, we have a very special show today. Have one of my favorite people on that I've that I've um, been able to play with, and one of the um, guys that I'm, I'm a huge fan of his game and everything about him. Man, this is my dog, man. But but first. Before we join him, I want to talk about the Bills Jets game. It was crazy. From the very first kickoff, um, we knew it was gonna be a special day. Reggie Gilliam forced a fumble on the opening kickoff. Like, I don't think I've ever been a part of a game where we actually caused a turnover on the kickoff. And the funny thing about that is Coach McDermott actually played um the Texas AM. Aggie 12th man and those guys running down on kickoff, so it was it was a special video for me, me from Texas A and M, um, but for us to replicate that on Sunday was amazing. And then the 12th man, the kickoff team, actually forced a fumble on, on their kickoff as well in the game on on Saturday versus Abilene Christian. So it was a very very um interesting day. It started off you know by a forced fumble by the guys on on the kickoff team. We got a field goal out of that, and we just started to get the ball moving. Before you know it, we had nine points, went into halftime 16 or six, which has been new for us. Usually we're battling it out and the game is very, very close, but to have the momentum at halftime, it kind of gave us a lot of encouragement to just go out there and finish the game. And, you know, Josh played well, everybody played well. It was a great team win. And I feel like that's what we needed to get this thing going. Um, defense played well, offense played well. And now we have a huge stretch of big dogs coming up from the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Dallas Cowboys. But before we get on to that, man, let me introduce my guest, Patrick Sertan. Hey, I, I appreciate you for coming on the
2: show, my boy. How are you? And I'm good, man. Appreciate you for having me on, bro.
1: Man, Pat was a unanimous All-American in college. He was the SEC's Defensive Player of the Year in 2020, the ninth pick of the two thousand twenty one draft first team all pro and pro bowler in twenty two Patrick sertan, how has it been making that that jump from Alabama football to Denver Bronco football or league football? has it been um easy? I know it's been easy. you're making it look easy out there,
2: yeah, uh you could say easy, <laughs> it's just a start, but like uh, I say the process was easier because. Going into my rookie year, you know, I had guys like you, you know, Kareem, Justin, those guys just really, you know, put me, you know, you put me under your wing. So uh, the adjustment was pretty easy. And being able to see the brotherhood and the camaraderie around the locker room was was what really stood out for me because, you know, having that advantage carried along within the league, uh, it was pretty dope to see. But, you know, being around y'all every day and just making plays on the field, I mean, the adjustment was pretty easy for sure.
1: Man, I, I I know you knew that you could play in the league from day one, and I knew too. Um, you know, yeah. I've been saying how talented you were since last season on the Voncast, even before then. But last season on the Voncast, I wore my Patrick Ter- Sertan shirt on the show. Did you Did you see that that episode? I think it was with uh, Michael Parsons.
2: Yeah, I had yeah. The shirt on on the show. You you rocking you rocking the president. Well, you you say you're the president of the fan club, huh? <laughs>
1: Yeah, man, I am the president of the Patrick Sertan fan club. And I had that established even way before. I remember when I got traded, I was like, hey, can I still be president of the Patrick Sertan fan club, even though I'm playing for the Rams? That was crazy, yeah. man. It is dope to see you, man, develop, man, and continue to develop, man. And you really have no limit, man. And it's just um, an honor and a privilege to, to just be able to witness it from a, a very, very early age. And, you know, I, I like to say... I've been in the read. This is my 13th year in the league. And it's only been a few players that I have seen jump from college to second year in the league. And you did that. Like you was you were never a rookie. Like it was only yeah. out of 13 years, and I've been around a lot of good rookies, been around a lot of great players. You know, you and Jerry Judy were the two players that I've seen just automatically come into the league at year two. Is it is it something that y'all do in Alabama? Is it something that y'all do? and Alabama that gets y'all ready for the league or it didn't matter if you went to Alabama or not?
2: Uh, I, I would say Alabama played a huge part in that. Um, just Alabama from the standpoint of the resources and allowing us to be engaged within, and just understanding what they had to possess to take it to the next level. And I just think me and Jerry is very locked in from that standpoint of understanding, you know, what they had to offer and from, the first day I stepped on into campus, you know, I was very locked in on my goals and aspirations, which was making it to this point I am right now. And Alabama did a great job of doing that. But it just started with understanding the goals I wanted to reach. And, you know, obviously Alabama helped, but it started in high school uh, till then. So it's it's honestly a blessing, you know, just looking back at it and just understanding it in the vocal point of my career uh, where I'm at now. Uh, you know, Alabama played it, and he was part
1: of it. So Man, let's let's go back before Alabama, man. Let's go back to high school where you were a five-star recruit. Of course you was a five-star recruit, and you won back to back high school state championships with your dad as the head coach. How was how was that? Like how your dad played in the league, man. How was that? You know, having your dad be your coach and win back to back state championships. There's a lot of guys that play a lot of football and to win the state championship in high school with your pops, like, how was that experience? You know, sharing that with your with your dad. It,
2: it was pretty surreal, uh, to be honest, because being able to share that moment with him on the field and having that father and son bond, uh, combined with you know the coaching and you know him being the coach as well, uh, it was it was a different experience for me and a different perspective uh, for me from my teammates, but. You know, just going out there each and every day grinding and uh winning state championship at the state championship. It was honestly one of the fondest memories I could ever remember. Because that's dope. Those experiences, man, this is what shaped me up to what I'm in, to what I am now and just focus on winning uh day in and day out. So but having that experience with Pops was a very special moment in my life, you know. So uh, you know, going back on those memories, it was Enjoyable to experience that, my teammates
1: back in the day. So, yeah, that's dope, man. I I can only imagine, man. Back to back state championships, man. But moving on from your your high school career to your college career, you entered signing day as the number one cornerback recruit in the country. Everybody expected you to go to LSU, but you chose you chose Alabama. Your dad also played for Nick Saban as well in Miami with the Dolphins. Did it, Did this have any impact on your decision to to leave and not go to LSU and go to Alabama?
2: But you know, it's funny because so my family, all my family from Louisiana, they from the so I had some Louisiana ties. I mean, I I've I've always been an LSU fan since I was young, and like I can remember that one uh, national championship uh, against when they played Alabama and they lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was pretty heartbroken that's how big of a fan I was but it always been it, it always been as you from the jump then you know once recruiting come and you you know visit, visit these schools and you get to talk to these coaches you see you know the real college football and I just think Alabama was just check after check after check and I just feel like that's the best school for me uh, to build on my career so I just picked Alabama on that standpoint for sure
1: Man, and you you definitely did not make any mistakes for sure. Um, you know Alabama, Alabama they had a dynasty there. You know S- since 2000, Alabama leads all all colleges with 46 NFL first round picks. Six of those first round picks coming from your class in 2021. Um, it was the most Alabama uh, players drafted ever in the first round: Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, Mac Jones, not- Najee Harris, Alex Leatherwood. And, of, of course, uh, you know yourself, all in that class. And you all won the, the, the national championships together in 2020. How cool was it to see so many um, of your teammates go in the first round?
2: Yeah, man, it's pretty dope. I don't know. We got the record or no? For it? I don't know if it's a
1: record, but. It's gotta be. It, it, it's gotta be. But I mean, since two thousand, you know, Alabama leads all colleges with forty six first round picks. I know Miami had Miami had some. You know, some guys get drafted too. But I don't know about forty six, my bro. Yeah, so y'all gotta have the yeah. record, bro. Yeah. Like how how was it to see so many of your teammates that you was in college locker room with? Now they're your colleagues around the NFL, and y'all all got drafted on the same day, bro. That's that's gotta be. That's got to be surreal, too. Yeah, I had to have talked about that, too, as as well, like back at Alabama.
2: Yeah, it's it's just great to see. And that's just a testament towards Alabama and what they produce, you know, year in and year out. But our class is pretty special. Uh, We had a Heisman window and Devontae Smith. We had, you know, Jayna Waddle, Najee Harris, you know, Addison Leatherwood, you know, those guys, Matt Jones. So um, when you look back at that class and what they're doing now, it was pretty special to see. Because we was all bought in and all locked in. And we was one of the few classes where, you know, Saban really allowed us to, you know, be captains of the team and, you know, just lead that team towards, mm-hmm. you know, the national championship. And just to have those select few guys in the first round, you know, it's pretty special to see.
1: You know, I'ma turn you know, I'm a against some of those, uh, what they call them, elephants over there? They call, they call it the tide. I'm going to have to turn you against some of your uh, yeah, the, the past teams in Alabama. Do you think the 2020 team was the best Alabama team ever?
2: I think for sure. I think if it's not one, then it's number two. That's how I feel about it. I think we was just so complete. You know, during that year, during the COVID year, um, we had some setbacks because obviously we didn't have a full schedule, but just for us to be able to be locked in and for us to come together as a team during that tough time and win a national championship, uh, it, just, it just goes to show, you know, our commitment of excellence. Uh, and mm-hmm. I can honestly say that's one of the funnest years I've ever had at Alabama. So uh, mm-hmm. just being around that group of guys, a special group of guys was pretty awesome to see. And obviously, toppling off with uh, Maddie, so.
1: Right. Peep this stat right here. Alabama current and former players have made over $1.9 billion under Nick Saban. If If you include the most recent draft class, that's well over $2 billion. Nick Saban, $2 billion worth of player contracts in the league. That's insane. How do you feel Coach Saban, you know, gets everybody prepared for the NFL? Is what is it that he does that, that has everybody ready?
2: I just think the way how he um goes about things, uh he really teaches us like the dynamics of excellence. You know what I mean? Just never being complacent, you know, always having a strong work ethic day in and day out. And I just believe that propelled us to exceed. Uh, certain levels um, obviously we had you know the three star four star five star recruits but for him to be able to accept, establish that legacy and establish mm-hmm. you know that excellence is just a testament to them and we he does for the players around him and uh, you know it's going to keep on building I just think it's never going to go away uh, for as long as never for as long as he want to be uh, in college so you know just during those experiences I learned a lot from him in Alabama, uh, from a school standpoint.
1: Man, that's that's dope. Early in the season, you know, fans were writing off Alabama. After one loss, now they're ranked number eight. Um, and with the SEC championship right around the corner, they're playing Georgia. Um, all they have to do is beat Georgia and they'd be back in the in the college football playoffs. What is your predictions on that game? Georgia, I mean, they look good. they sometimes they look like it looks like you know yeah. they can be beat, but when they're when they're firing at all cylinders so is really if you think about all the big the big dogs like when they're firing at all cylinders they're hard to be beat. But what do you think about um you know Alabama Georgia SEC championship?
2: I think I think it's gonna be a, a great game, but obviously I got Alabama winning by fourteen at least. I think because <laughs> what I see you know what I've seen these past couple of weeks I've seen Alabama like their offense come alive. Like, they're looking more complete. Uh, you know, Jalen, he's throwing the ball more. Uh, they look more confident. And, you know, it's, it's hard to be the a confident team with all the momentum swinging, you know, on their side. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think I think Georgia got their work cut out for them, for sure. But uh, I, obviously Georgia's a great team, Bama's a great team. I think it's going to be a great game all around. But, you know, I got the title on top. Oh, <laughs> of, of
1: course, of course. You know, <laughs> yep. if, if y'all be Georgia, you know y'all be y'all most likely be in the college football playoffs. You know they're expanding a twelve a team college football playoff next year. That's that's insane. We already got the NIL. Now they got twelve. They got a twelve team college football playoff. What do you? I mean, what do you think is? What do you, it's obviously good in the, in in college. That's I'm not saying it's not good, but what do you think about you know the current state of, of college football, college athletics, and the 12 team college football expansion that they have next year?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, college is a brand. You know, what I mean, it's just I just feel like all that goes into negotiating for the money. You know, what I mean, but uh, at the end of the day, I think it's great for the fans, uh, great for college football fans to see more teams in the playoffs because I think it makes it more uh, intriguing to see um, more fun to watch because I feel like these teams that's, you know, one-loss, two-loss teams, I think they deserve a shot at it. And, you know, just expanding, you know, the playoffs and give those teams an opportunity to showcase what they got, especially against relevant teams, you know, that's um, in towards focusing you know, on the national championship. So I think it's a great thing for college football and the fans.
1: It definitely is, man. When using when you were in college, man, um, I I just knew it. You know, I knew you knew it, and I just I just knew it, man. I don't played a lot of football and been around a lot of great players, and they always say the rushing coverage goes together. So it's just, I'm just able to see what good cornerbacks look like, and you know, at the beginning of the show, yeah. like I said, I knew you were going to be a special talent from the very very beginning, and I and I knew this when we drafted you. You know, I was so excited when we drafted you, man. We we got this video. We got the video from when, you know, the Denver Broncos took you right here.
0: In the twenty twenty one NFL Draft, the Denver Broncos I'm select Park. Pat Sertan. I told you! I told you! Come on.
1: <laughs> hey, yeah. you know, Russian coverage go together, man. Russian coverage go together, man. Um, you know, I just knew, like, man, having you there, man, and I, you know, I played with Champ Bailey, and you know, I, I was, you know, I was there for Champs last three years in Denver, man. So, I just, I just knew that we were going in that direction, man, and, I, and we had already had Justin Simmons, and I just knew, like, this was like the perfect combination of. Of everything, man. And when we picked you, man, I was so excited, man. How's you know, how has it been? You know, how's it been being in Denver Broncos? I know you love it. Um, you had a you had a great uh rookie season. You know, even your pop shouted you out. You know, you had fifty eight yep. tackles, forty five solo tackles, fourteen passes de- defended, four interceptions, and one touchdown as a rookie, man. You know, how's it how has it been these these first couple of years in the league and in Denver? Oh, uh, it's been great. Uh
2: I just believe that each and every experience, each and every year, you know, I learned something new about the team and about the league. But I can say that it's been great because, you know, obviously I had three new coaching changes, but I just feel like the standard never switched. I just feel like everybody was on track. Obviously, you know, you know, from defense and how he really like hone in on defense and you know, winning ball games on defense the side of the ball. So you know, that never went away. Then. Obviously, the brotherhood and the camaraderie we have with the locker is pretty, you know, fascinating to see. But I would say, you know, each and every year, I've gotten better. Um This year, I could say I really honed in on being a leader, you know, on the field from a vocal standpoint, you know, just leading mm-hmm. the boys. Uh Just like how you, you know, viewed us when we was young, the young pups But now, you know, taking on that role and, you know, leading the rookies and the younger guys. and you know, paving the way for them so they could come in and, you know, excel as well too. So, uh, like I said, each and every experience, you learn something new and it's been great so far. Yeah, I remember
1: um my very first time, like, at practice with Pat and, you know, I forgot, the coach was talking to him about something and I like, wait, I was standing by him for a second and I like, looked down and I saw his shoes, I was like, bro, like, what how, what size are those shoes? And he was like, bro, I wear a size 13. I was like, man, you wear a size 13, I wear a size 12. like. You playing nickel and and corner and all this stuff with a size thirteen. He was like, "Yeah, bro, that's that's just what I do, man." And I and I watched you like battle with Cortland and you know play the nickel and do all of these things that I have never seen a, a rookie DB do, man. And I knew it before you got here, and I knew it when you was there, man. I knew that you was gonna have um you know an excellent uh, excellent career. And then then to go a step further, I just knew by talking to you that you really understood like your goals and what you wanted to do and all of this NFL stuff wasn't, it really wasn't anything for you. And I knew that just off short conversations with you, man. And I just knew like, man, I don't need to tell him nothing. I don't need to tell him nothing about nothing. All I got to do is just tell him about himself, man, and how great he could be, man. And as a leader, like we were talking about earlier, you know, you you try to find ways to inspire your teammates and get them to play at a level that they wouldn't normally play at. And you already had that that spark, man. So it's just been great you know to uh, be a part of that man and to witness that you know um, in our time in Denver man I always uh, close by my by my heart as as long along with the other great players that I've been around man so hats off to you man you said that you want to play in Denver for your entire career I felt the same way um, what makes Denver so special to you?
2: I, I just think the city is great man um I've grown accustomed to it, just the love that the people show. And yeah, it's weird at it's first. It's
1: weird at first, but then you like, oh it's yeah, weird. I, yeah. I see why yeah. I like it now.
2: <laughs> yeah, you you see, like you can see why, like the the organization has so much success in the past because you know everybody's all into it, seeing what the Broncos up to, you know, around the city. So mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's just been great so far, and you know, obviously I I love the way how the teams structure right now and i just can't wait to build on it and you know the more and more i just go experience the city in colorado the more dope people you meet so um I've, I've grown into it for sure
1: for sure man i loved it i loved it too man i was there for um was it 11 and a, i was there for 11 and a half years man and you know i totally um you know bought into being a uh a Coloradan for life. And I'm still a Coloradan, man. I still say we when talking about the Denver Broncos. I don't think, um, you know, you can ever erase 11 and a half years, but I still watch every single one of y'all games. Like, I'm playing in those games, man. And, you know, I talked to y'all about, um, you know, the state of the Denver Broncos as well, like Cortland's wedding and, you know, talking about um, Sean Payton and the type of coach that he is, man. You know, you got a new coach in Sean Payton. What was the transition like? What kind of culture did he bring to, to Denver when he got
2: there? Uh, I mean, I was in his resume speech for itself. You're talking about a guy that's won a Super Bowl and been to playoffs like numerous amount of times. So, uh, I got the feeling that he was just trying to bring in that win- winning standard. And, mm-hmm. you know, from the first day he got here until now, he's always focused on winning and always focused on seeing what's best for his players. And, he's going to bring the best out to you for sure, but, he also has a little swagger to him. I can say that as well because uh he know how confident he is and you know, his ability to you know, lead a team to the promised land. So uh, it's been nothing but great so far. Um he is what he is uh on paper and you know, he's even better in person. So uh it's just, it's just been great, you know, just being able to work with him uh day in and day out. So
1: Man, you can see that confidence, man. He he's walking around the sideline with those Jordans on. I really I really like everything that he's done except for one thing. He let go of Brandon McManus. I thought that y'all really, you know, needed a kicker. Um it's been Tom's where Brandon could have came through for you guys, but hey, that's just part of the business. I love everything that he's done with the Denver Broncos, except that decision, man. Um, you know, I've I've also loved Russ being there. You've been able to play with Russ for you know, a couple of seasons now. What's it like playing with Russ? I knew Russ before he came to the Denver Broncos. I knew he was going to be able to do a great job. You know, we shared a uh, a, a mental coach and Trevor wife So um, I love the insight that Trevor had yeah. for me and that, that he had for Russ. But, you know, what's it like, uh, you know, what's it like playing with Russ? What's it like having him in the locker room? Uh,
2: Russ, Russ is great. Uh, he He's always been a guy that, you know, put his teammates first before him. He's just always positive, always shining the light on others. Um, he just speaks positive affirmations around the locker room, man. Mm-hmm. When you got a guy like that uh leading the team, especially at quarterback, you ain't got nothing but to, you know, respect him for what he is. And obviously he does great work in the community, uh, this and that, but he's just a great person to be around. Uh and his play, his play speaks for itself. Uh obviously he's got a what Super Bowl? How
1: many Super Bowls he got? Yeah, he's got one. Should I mean, have like, two. You know, all I had to do is run the ball in the second two. one. But that's yeah, yeah. that's a uh, you know that's something else that we won't talk about here on this show. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, Russ Russ has been great, and yeah, one man, of the things I, that I that I really like about Russ whenever I watch his uh, interviews, especially after hard games or you know challenging games where y'all have lost, he he always says that I'm gonna get it right and I'm gonna keep working until I do. That's that's all I know how to do, and that. Hit home for me last year. Hit home for me this year, and I'm not even on the team, man. And I and I just uh, love the way Russ, you know, talks, man. How does uh How does you know Russ and Sean Payton compliment each other?
2: Uh, I, I could say Russ and Sean are two completely different people, uh, but they complement each other well because they're they got different personalities, which is unique because it meshes in a way. I mean, you got Sean, that's you know. Uh, you know, just his personality speaks for itself. You know, he's very confident. you know talk his talk, walk his walk. But mm-hmm. you know, he got rest deserved, but also a competitor. And he's quiet, so I think they bring the best out of each other, and which is great. You want to see that compliment, you know, out of your coach and quarterback, and you know, over time during the duration of the season, you can see their relationship, you know, starting to grow and grow. Uh, which is a great thing to see.
1: Man, it's uh yeah, they, they've been able to to you know come through the 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 bad times and now it's the good times there in Denver, man. Had a rough, you know, start to the season. A lot of trade talks, you know, around the uh the Denver Broncos. Um how was the vibe in the locker room during that time? What was it like seeing your name pop up in those conversations? I thought they was I thought I was going to see it pop up to come to Buffalo, but they they obviously know, man. They obviously know not to do nothing crazy like that. How was it? What was it like seeing your name pop up in those conversations, though?
2: I ain't gonna lie, it was like you said during that time when we was shoot one in five. It was tough, man. It was it was like we was just fighting for a win, but we just couldn't get a win, man. Obviously, trade talks come during the trade deadline, but Sean was very committed to saying, like, I'm not trading nobody. I'm keeping the team how it is because he's really big on building the team rather than finding something and try to put in the light. But uh it was it was it was kind of tough because obviously you don't want to get traded. Uh but the NFL is a business at the same time. Uh so when I see my name in the trade talks, it was like I can only control what I can control at yeah. the end of the day. But um once I've talked to Sean and once I talked to you know, ownership, you know, around the building. It was like, we want to keep you here. You know, that's a mindset around the whole building, which is great.
1: Man, that's that's great, man. You know, at least they talked to you about it. I had no idea. I just came to, to work and they said, Von, you're going to Los Angeles. It, it wasn't, you know, that bad for me, obviously, but I want to stay at uh-huh. Denver Bronco. I want to stay at Denver Bronco through yeah. the thick, through the thin. I want to be part of the solution. But, hey, everything works out. Yeah, I got a great team now. Um, the Broncos are on a, on a four-game win streak. Um, you know, I've been saying since even before the season started that you guys are going to turn it around. What's clicking for the team right now? Um, did it take, you know, y'all losing by 70 points to to bring out the dog and everybody? Or, you know, did it take, like, you know, any crazy speeches in the locker room? Like, what did it take to really wake up the sleeping giant of the Denver Broncos? Yeah, man, uh, after that
2: Miami game, we really had to like self-reflect and look upon ourselves on like what type, what type of team we wanted to be, because mm-hmm. after that game, it's it's not much you can look at, but it's it's something worth. you you learn a lot from that game to see what type of team you want to be moving forward. And I think during that period, you know, guys really bought in and locked in to mm-hmm. excellence and you know, our confidence never wavered because Next week we went into to Chicago. We was down twenty-one-seven. We came back and won the ball game, which was huge for us and our confidence. And you no, know, after that game, uh, we we played the Jets. I believe we lost, but even even after the loss, man, we still stayed confident. We still believed in what we had going on. Then uh, we played the Packers. We won. Then we played the Chiefs. Then we just going on this win streak, which is still going alive to this day. And, you know, it's just a testament to what type of team and what type of character we have, man. Because yeah. it was a rough few weeks uh, during the right. first couple games of the season, but man, we figured it out, which is a great thing. Because you you know, it's a, it's a long season and yep. a lot of ball to be played, and, and you know, once you get it together, once you click on all the cylinders, you know, it's we're very dangerous team, and we starting to be like that.
1: Yep, man, for sure, man. And you know, um, is there are there any te- are there any teammates? That you would want to celebrate while you have the spotlight to talk about the Denver Broncos. I'll go first. Courtland Sutton. Oh my God. This guy, this guy is playing out of his mind. Courtland Sutton, this offensive line is playing very, very solid too for Russ. Um, I think the inside linebacker play from Singleton and Josie Jewell has been great. You know, they come downhill. Um, Josie had a pressure. On Dobbs that forced the interception. You're able to change the momentum in the game on Sunday night. I think the cornerback play and the secondary play, of course, has been good. Brandon Browning, um, Cooper, and Nico, Nick Benito these guys are playing out of their mind right now, along with Perkins. I didn't didn't even play with none of those guys, but I but I I watched, man, and I know, man, these guys are playing out of their mind as well. The inside um the interior lineman play has been well. Really, the defense has really changed it around. Jerry, Judy, Cortlandson, everybody is, is coming alive, man. But I think it starts with Cortlandson. He's playing out of his mind. Quarterback play has been, um, extremely well from Russ as well. He's, he hasn't turned the ball over. He's been taking a conservative, uh, passes in the plays and they're turning into big plays. So, you know, um, I just want to shout those people out, but I want to hear from Patrick Sertan. Is there anybody on your team that, that you want to shout out for the Denver Broncos?
2: I want to shout out two people. Uh, on the defense side of the ball. Uh Jaquan McMillan mm-hmm. or uh Nichols slot. Yes sir. Uh he's a baller. He's been making plays left and right. Uh he made a play against y'all. But yeah. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna uh we gonna talk about that here in a second. But, uh, it's all good.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, but man, he's been he's he's the guy you saw about he he went undrafted, he came in and he just put his head down and work. And now he finally got his opportunity and he's just showcasing his talent, especially mm-hmm. on primetime games these past days. He's really been balling out, and another guy I want to mention is DJ Jones
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, in front, working in D-line. He's a force, man, and then he's really causing havoc for opposing offensive linemen, offensive guards, because he's, he's really he, he just shares blocks and is very disruptive in the backfield, and we need that type of pressure in the defense, and He's been playing great balls well, too. But I would say as a, as a team, you know, there's just a lot of guys that came in and, you know, stepped up and been making plays for us on this run and on this stretch.
1: Man, in um, the stretch that you uh, that you guys went on, one of those teams were against the Buffalo Bills. That was – so, you know, playing for me, playing in Denver Broncos, I didn't want to make it um, – it was just another team, right? That's what I told myself. That's what I went into yeah. it, talking to the media. It really was just another it really was just another game. I felt the difference actually on game day. When I walked into the stadium and Flip was standing in the same spot that he normally stands at, because we would come play the Buffalo Bills and Flip would be in the same spot. And I was walking past and I didn't even see Flip right there. And he was just like, Hey, Vaughn, what's up? And I looked over and it just felt like it was a blast from the past. And I was <laughs> I was back on the Denver Broncos for some reason. It was crazy, bro. That was one moment yeah. um, when I went out for preseason. I saw you, I saw PJ Locke, and I saw you, man. It just felt like I was. It felt like I was on a team again. It was like a weird situation. And it was like, man, I know so many people over here, but I'm on this side. And then this is this is yeah. what capped the weirdness for me. I was obviously a captain going against my old team and walking across. Obviously, I played Russ a million times. That was normal. Went against McGlinchey a couple of times, that was normal. But seeing Cortland Sutton over here, like my dog, like I was like, bro, like what's, I was like, bro, what's going on? And it was like, man, do I, do I hug him? Like, do I, can we talk a little bit? Like <laughs> we, we did the coin toss and we got ready to run off and like we both made eye contact and I was like, he kind of looked at me like, do we hug again? Do we shake hands again? Then it was like, just the answer, yeah. it was like, no, nah, I'm going over here and you going over there. Like we on separate teams, but. There was no way I could have prepared for seeing all of my old like like my dogs because you know it wasn't always great in Denver, man. And we, you know, we we thugged it out. And when you thug it out as a as a team like that, it builds the camaraderie. It builds the love for, you know, your your teammates. And you you can never ever break that bond. And there was no way that I could have prepared myself for those um emotions or those moments in the game. Still want to win the game. Um, we had four turnovers. Um, you are defense players well actually we turned the ball over in the first play of the game that's neither here nor there um it was just a crazy game and went all the way down to the the end of the game the guy misses the field goal but we have 12 people on the field get another kick and he barely scrapes it in through the through the right uh upfield uh it and, and it was just crazy man I would have loved to like Mm-hmm. Like stayed there and like chopped it up with all of you guys, bro. But as you know, man, I, I couldn't I couldn't do it, man. I, I couldn't I couldn't to be honest, t- saying it on the show to my dog, I couldn't bear losing to my my old team and then kissing y'all ass after the game. I just had to I just had to get out I just had to get out of there, man. But it's all love and yeah, respect, the, the man. Competitor, was, the
2: competitor it, you said, nah. It,
1: how was it for y'all, man? Man,
2: it was like you said, it was a lot of emotions. High rising emotions throughout that game, man. Because, like you said, we missed a field goal and the penalty came. And boom, we made a field goal. But you know, throughout that game, we battled so much adversity. Because mm-hmm. y'all had a, a drive when y'all scored. It was a long touchdown drive before on um, that last drive we had to, uh, you know, clinch the game with a field goal. But man, we was we was going into that game ready to win. Because mm-hmm. obviously, y'all have a great team. Uh, you know, nobody believed in us. We was an underdog, so man,
1: don't forget we had a to chip on our
2: shoulder. On we felt third
1: right. down. We we can't forget the pass interference on third and ten. You know that would have sealed the game. But well, that's neither <laughs> that's neither here nor nah,
0: there, hey, bro. Man. It was a lot of
2: emotions in that game for sure. <laughs> you, you gotta go with the game how it's called, bro. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a lot of emotion, man. Uh, I can't imagine for you because you know, obviously you playing. Against you know your old team against former teammates, I know your emotions running hot, but you know it, I just felt like that whole game was full of emotions. And yeah. when we came out and won that game, you know everybody was feeling great, especially on prime time, showcasing that you know this ain't the team you know that y'all see in the past. You know this is a new team that we building. So yeah, I think it's just a great victory all around. So it
1: was man, uh, it was man,
2: and I was proud for my guys.
1: I couldn't have said it. I probably wouldn't have said it then, but the truth is, and I say it now, man, y'all got a good team, man. I'm still a fan of all of you guys, man. Um, Garrett Bowes, you know, Justin Simmons, yourself. Um, there's just so many guys that I can, I, I would I would root for any day of the week, even if we were playing, you know, you guys or not, man. And, you know, we're both um, currently on the outside looking in as far as the playoff picture, but we both teams have... Great momentum after some really big dubs. Um, let's take a look at the current AFC playoff picture. You know, what do you think both teams need to do to be a part of the playoff uh, conversation? Sure, I think. Y'all done playing the Steelers. I mean, y'all done playing the Chiefs. Y'all play the Texans. What is it, December 23rd? Yeah, we playing playing the Texans. What do you think? Basically, y'all just got to gotta win out. What team do y'all have this week?
2: We got the Browns. So that's that's another pivotal matchup because, uh, shoot, the Browns in it right now, so uh, yeah, this, this is a big game for us coming this week, and uh, so I just feel like we, uh, both of us need to win out. shoot, the rest of the schedule. I feel like the months of November and December are huge this uh, during this time of the year, because, you know, you got your divisional opponents, but also you got crucial big-time games uh, against teams that's, you know, in the playoff race, so a lot of things can happen for uh, both teams. So as long as we, you know, win, win majority of these games out, I think, you know, we'll be in good hands for sure.
1: Yeah, man, y'all, y'all going to be in good hands. And really, honestly, I would say with my – if I was on y'all team and my advice to the Buffalo Bills is just what I say in the locker room. And I tell you guys, no, like, we can't really be worried about it. Let's just take it one quarter at a time. Like, we play some of the big dogs. We got the Eagles – the the Chiefs and the Cowboys coming up. Let's just focus on the first quarter of the Eagles and just take it one quarter at a time and let's uh continue to play, man. Um, you know, before we move on, we gotta we really have to talk about some of the, the comments that Tom Brady made. Have you heard the audio? Have you heard what he said about the league?
2: Yeah, yeah, I heard it.
1: Well, I, I haven't heard it. Let me see. I ha- I haven't heard it. Let's let's go ahead and.
0: Play I, it. I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. Yeah. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? And hope. Why not? I think the coaching isn't as as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm-hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in, in a certain way. And every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. Mm. You hear coaches complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily, why don't they talk to their player about how to protect themselves? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect themselves. It's not up to the defensive player to protect the offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect himself. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Wow. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game, and I couldn't afford to lose a good player.
1: And um, you know, I would agree with him, but I will say that the league it just has to continue to evolve. And of course, you know, if Ray Lewis and 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 Lott and those guys play today, it'd be different. I mean, I think Kareem Jackson, he played the game at such a high level, and he was feared. he's feared by so many different players that it's just. Hard to come out of that type of uh style of play, man. Shout out to my guy Kareem, man. And it's crazy what's going on with my dog K Jack, man. But the way the league is these days is they're just hypersensitive to big hits like that. If I could, if I could say it in the simplest form. I wouldn't say that the hit the hit on Dobbs, that was that was straighter than chess. Like You know, um, but it's just it's just crazy how the league is. And I think to a certain extent, Tom Brady is right. But if we want to ensure the sustainability of our league, we have to continue to change the rules and make it safer for not only offensive players, but for defensive players as well. And I have two young sons. So, you know, for it has to be able to develop for them to be able to play in the league and be healthy after they're done playing. So. I don't agree with it, but I think it is the right way to go to, to, to sustain um, our, our league and to ensure the growth and to make sure our kids can play and there's, and they're safe to play in the league as well. 20 years from now, what do you think about that?
2: Yeah. Uh, like you said, like throughout the years, the game evolves, you know, rules changes. Uh, and obviously it's, it's a circumstance with Kareem because it's unfortunate, like you said, because his style of play always been, you know, that's his way of playing the game. You know, being physical, because mm-hmm. uh, you know Kareem, he's not the biggest guy, so no, nope. no, he's just he's just playing the game the way he's used to, and that's flying around making plays. And um, obviously, you know, with the rules changing, you trying to protect players from, uh, you know, certain co- consequences. You know, that's leading on uh you know, later on in their lives. You don't want that to happen, but I just feel like there should be some move where, you know, be, there's some leeway to this hit compared to this other hit, and how can yeah. we sort talk about it in that way? You know, because obviously head-to-head hits, that's something that's really a big factor in the game and that needs to be talked about even more. But, you know, regular, regular hits, like in a thigh-pass or a bad area, I don't think it should be big as a consequence as someone hitting somebody in the head just due to the factors of it. But like I said, it's very unfortunate that it had to be this way. Um, and I know Kareem, he's, he's very hurt about it, you know, cause yeah, you know, he too. loves the game. He loves to play the game. Uh, and he, he just loves being out there playing with his brothers and, you know, just seeing him not being able to play for these next four games, is so hard to see him a lot. So
1: yeah, man. And Shout out to my dog, Kareem, man. You'll you get through it, man. Recently, Steve Smith Sr. was asked about who your game reminds him of, and he compared you to Darrell Revis and Champ Bailey, two Hall of Fame players. I would say I don't want to make any comparisons to PS2 because I, I feel like the league is all based on comparisons, and whenever you have great players, they got to play like somebody else. And I'm here to say, Von Miller, with my 13 years in the NFL, that you don't remind me anybody. You play the game at a, at a, at a very, very high level, man. And, you know, um, Champ Bailey, I would say I kind of built the same, but I feel like you are your, your own player, man. That, that, it got, that got me to thinking that there's been a lot of great cornerbacks to play this game. Um, who are your top five players of all time? Your top five cornerbacks of all time?
2: Top five. Uh, those two that you mentioned, they' in there for sure. Uh, Mm Um, Reeves and Champ. They they've been guys that's been doing consistently year in and year out. Um, from what I remember, uh, early in my years. But I say guys like you know Charles Woodson. Uh, that's a great, uh, another great player. Um, you got like the Ty laws You know, uh. Sante Samuels, you know my pops. You know I put him in that yeah. category as well. Too, but
1: gotta put senior uh, in there for sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, okay, it's, and, it's a and, lot. of...
1: And what about um besides you? Of course, you would be top on this list too. Besides you, which cornerbacks are the best in the game right now?
2: Right now, uh, I say I say Ramsey. Ramsey got to be uh the guy. I mean, he's been. He's been holding the standard for so many years. Uh Ramsey definitely is in there. Um I I say I say uh guys like Slay. Say say been doing it consistently year in and year out. Um then you got the young guys like me, sauce and um, you know, Woolen and guys like that. But uh two guys, I say Trey Biggs. Um he's been doing it consistently, uh making plays. Um, and there's there's a there's a young cat that's really been bombed around Bland for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I mean, should we got four pick sixes? I never heard of that before. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Mine, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I just think there's so many great corners in this league that you could put anybody. It's like mix and match. You could swap guys out, swap guys in. It's just so many great corners in this league. So, but wow. if I was had to give a few. Amount of guys I would say though, those guys are for sure at the top of the list.
1: And as president of the Patrick Sertan fan club, I would say Patrick Sertan is definitely at the top of that list. And if he's not one, he's two and he's not two, if you get what I'm saying. Before I let you go, I know you're huge yeah. on family. Um yeah, I know you got the family in town, man. What are what are you what are your Thanksgiving plans? Um are you gonna watch some football on Thanksgiving? You're gonna have teammates come over. What's your favorite yeah. Thanksgiving dish? Are you gonna prepare a turkey? What are they doing over there at the Patrick Santan um household for Thanksgiving?
2: Shoot, man. Uh yeah, they're gonna throw down over here. I got the the fam in town. Uh you know, it's always great to spend family family time around this time of the year because you know, obviously during the season you, you don't get to capture those moments, but having them in town is a blessing. But yeah, they gonna throw down. Uh, I'm talking about mac and cheese, and yams, mm-hmm. collard greens, turkey ham. You, you know how it go, but uh, I say my favorite dish is the yams, man. Like you can't you can't go wrong with the yams because you you only get that meal you know once a year on Thanksgiving. So yes, I say the yams. <laughs> I say the yams one of my favorites uh, for sure. But um, obviously, I'm gonna watch football, uh, lay down, chill down a little bit, then you know eat great food, but. I say the 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 most appreciated part about Thanksgiving is spending time with family, especially time you don't get uh, sometimes throughout the year. So you know, I'm very excited for that.
1: Are y'all gonna bring out the Uno?
2: Y'all play Uno? Oh, I forgot. I'm invited. I'm invited. I'm inviting teammates over to the crib, man. Playing Uno, a deck of cards, you know. So uh, spades, whatever. whatever you want to, whatever games I'm gonna have here at the household. So. Uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun day for sure.
1: All right, Pat, man. I'm I'm gonna let you go. But first, man, I want to say I love you, man. I appreciate you, man. If you ever need me for anything, man, just let me know, man. It could be a uh a a a FaceTime video with your cousin, man. I would love to just help you out in, in any type of way, man. It's yeah. been love from the start. It's been all love for you know, my end and it, it'll be love forever, my boy. And, you know, I cherish my my time that I had with you, man. Another great player that I played with, man. And I love you, man. And I want you to continue to be you, man. I wish the Broncos the best. Y'all go ahead and go crazy for the rest of the season, man. Like I said, man, if you ever need me, I got you, man. And I see you soon. I see you soon for sure, my boy. I'm sure of it.
2: Yeah, you know it's all love, man. Appreciate you having me, dog. We're going to catch up soon for sure.
1: All right, Pat, I appreciate you, my boy. Um, it's always good to, you know, talk to my my guys, Magister Tam for sure, man. You know, this week we got the Eagles coming up. We just saw the Eagles play last night. It was a very, very tough game versus um, the Kansas City Chiefs, which we'll play a game after that. So I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs had momentum for a, a long period of the game, but the Eagles – have such a tough team, man. That they're really never out of it, especially with Jalen Hurts and the offensive line that they are got. But if we can just continue to play the style of football that we play, um, let this win that we have versus the Jets continue to propel us to greatness, I feel like we would be all right. We'd we'll be great. Let's just keep doing what we do, and, and we'll be great. We have the Eagles and uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and then the Dallas Cowboys, but to get through any of that is just one play at a time, so... As always, here on the Voncast, it's always love and respect. I appreciate all you guys for for tuning in. See you guys next time.